Welcome to Got Grief, with me, Holly Sumpton, and Craig Henry, a podcast for adults bereaved as children to share their stories of living side by side with grief. Craig lost his mother to cancer when he was just eight years old, and I lost mine when I was six. Trying to understand something like grief as a child can be really confusing, and it can sometimes seem impossible to know who to turn to. And as we get older, this can begin to feel really devastating. But there can also be hope in the comfort that comes from sharing your experiences with others who understand you, and from simply knowing you're not alone. This is a space for stories to be shared and for voices to be heard in an attempt to start an honest, open and compassionate conversation around grief. So let's get started. Welcome to Got Grief. A very good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Got Grief. I'm delighted to be joined this morning uh, by Kate. Kate, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm a little bit tired because I thought I was flying yesterday, but apart from that, I'm very good. Where have you been flying from? So I had a direct flight from Abu Dhabi to Manchester, and now I'm back in Wales with my family. So it's, yeah, lovely. And we, we were talking a bit about this offline, but you've been, you weren't out there for a holiday, were you? You've been out there for, for quite a no. time. <laughs> I did go out for a holiday many years ago, and I decided actually I loved it so much um, that I went to live there. And yeah, five and a half years later, I'm just moving back now. So I came back with so much luggage and <laughs> it was a, it was a big trip, but I'm excited to be talking to you now. Did you find you came back with more stuff than you took out with you? Because that's always the way when you travel. Yeah, I did. I, I did come back with loads and I actually had to get rid of a lot of stuff as well. I had to be quite ruthless and I'm quite sentimental. So some of the things I did bring back, uh, you know, weren't expensive, but they were just special, like cards from my students and things like that. So, yeah, there was a lot. <laughs> and teaching, obviously, you've been doing um, over in Abu Dhabi. What? were you a teacher before you went out like how did you uh you know get into teaching has that been your your primary career yes so i went to university to study history and then at the age of 21 um i was doing my postgraduate certificate in education and i was teaching from then onwards so i taught for six years in wales close to where i'm from north wales flintshire and then i decided i wanted to change and I moved to the Middle East, but carried on teaching in a British curriculum school. So it's been really interesting teaching, but in two very different contexts. And what's your what's your kind of hot topic? What would you say your favourite topic to teach is? Well, I'm a history teacher, but I've had to teach many subjects, politics, geography, drama, Welsh. <laughs> so I actually would just say history is my favourite subject to teach. Any particular time period? Yes, I'm a, I like the Tudors, I'm a Tudor specialist. So, and I have been since I was in school actually as a student and I'm still interested in it now. So it's great to um, learn a little bit more about you, Kate, but obviously we're, we're here to talk about grief. And I know you shared at the beginning that, that you're here to talk about two people, but we, you know, what I'd like to start off by asking you is could you share the, the story and the information about the, the person or people that you lost and the circumstances surrounding that. Yeah, and I think that the fact that we're talking about this is amazing because when um, the first person I'm going to talk about is James and when James died, so I'm 34 now and he died when I was 16 and 
there wasn't anything like, well, there wasn't podcasts, but there wasn't this conversation happening. Uh, so James Ecklin was someone that I met when I was in primary school, but we went to different primary schools and then we were put in the same class in high school and we had all of our lessons pretty much together for five years. And then um, I started, stayed on at the school for sixth form. He went to go to an apprenticeship with his uncle and uh, he died in a car crash with his father uh, one night. And it, so that was just, it was just awful. It was horrific, uh, you know, father and son. And this was something that just totally out of the blue, um, just the whole community were just, were devastated, absolutely devastated. And I just, James wasn't the first person in my life who had died. I had family members, my, my Nana had died and uh, I knew other people who had died, but I perhaps because of the shock, his age, my close relationship with him, it was just, it was awful. And um, as I said, I was studying for my A-levels I just really struggled. I I felt like it could have gone one way or the other. Like I could have really basically gone off the rails as how I felt. I reached out to someone in my school, Mr. Pugh, he is still there now, so I'm giving him a shout out, and said, I am really struggling with this. I cannot, I can't, it's consuming me. I cannot enjoy myself. I feel guilty if I enjoy myself. I cannot sleep. I, it just, I just didn't know how I would sort of just get on with things and carry on. Um, so then I had bereavement counselling throughout the time in sixth form uh, with a specialist bereavement counsellor. And I had to go, well, it didn't, it didn't always take place in school. Sometimes it took place in the town centre and uh, her name was Anna and she was amazing. And she was connected to Winston's Wish charity. And it was just so helpful to me. It was so, and I went on and, I got straight A's at A-level, I did really well, I went to university. I wouldn't say that obviously bereavement counselling cures you, but it definitely did help me a lot. But as I said, even though that, you know, that James died when I was 16 and I'm still, still very, get very sad about it now and I'm very close with his family. I've stayed in touch with them and I feel like I can be a really good friend to James by looking after his mum and sending his mum flowers and messages and because he was so close to his family, his two sisters and his brother. So that was um, my experience of loss as a student in school and it just broke my heart. And then I trained to become a teacher. And actually I remember my teacher training year, um, at my, my first day in a school, the school were having a service about somebody who had a student who had died. So I didn't know this student. He died from a, a drowning accident. And um, the deputy head teacher said to me, this is something that you will see throughout your career. You know, as a teacher, you will see this type of thing. But there was no, no training or anything like that. And then a few years later into my teaching career, I taught a beautiful little girl called Bonnie um, and she was very ill. And we knew she was very ill from before she came to, to us in high school. And we had lots of meetings and planning talks about her cystic fibrosis and how her attendance obviously would be impacted and just to support her as much as we can, not to be chasing her up about homework and things like that, but just to 
just to be there for her and she was so lovely and sweet and and she died in year seven and that that again broke my heart i didn't really know how to deal with that um when it was announced in the staff room i just i sobbed i was crying i felt like i was being unprofessional for not keeping it together and i was a year seven form tutor and i had to tell the class that she had died and some of the children in my class had been with her since primary school they'd known she was ill it was not a secret you know but perhaps they might not have realized how ill she was i couldn't do it i went in front stood in front of my class i burst out crying and a, luckily a colleague came in and delivered the news because i i couldn't do it and you know, I, I, again, I just, I really struggled with that. And I felt that there was something wrong with me that I wasn't cut out for teaching. I didn't see other teachers perhaps dealing with it the way that I did. And it, made, it, made, it did make me think about quitting teaching because I just, as I said, it was just, it was so sad. And I felt like I was a very weak person because, and actually as well, and the school that I worked at was brilliant and I, they won't mind me saying this because I think this is part of a bigger issue and problem about training for teachers. So as I mentioned, I was a year seven form tutor. So I was called into a meeting with the year seven tutors at lunchtime and told that Bonnie had died and that the students would be told the following day. Now this was at lunchtime. Straight after lunch, I had to teach a class literally five minutes later I had to go teach a lesson and it I remember her name was on my register I remember one of the students saying miss do you want me to take Bonnie's book home for her to do the work I said no and I wasn't allowed to say you know her seat was empty that was the worst lesson I, I didn't really teach I think I literally just said Right, you're just going to draw posters today. I, I honestly, I, I'll be very. I just couldn't do it, and I then I, I don't know how I got through that lesson, like not crying and just just in shock. And then I went and told the head of Year Seven I'd had to teach that class, and she said, "I'm so sorry, I didn't realise." And she, she also wished she'd have done things differently. And then all of the teachers were told at the end of the day, and then the following day uh, we were going to tell the students and. The school did things they planted a tree and there was a statue and you know there was lots of support on offer and i felt like the school you know were provided so much support and guidance for the students but that really did highlight how as teachers we just have had no training there's not really when we say about the support rightly so we focus on the students but what about the teachers and we don't know what to say you know when uh, students ask questions you, you you panic you worry and i just thought how how is this something that we know will happen in our profession but yet we don't ever talk about and we think oh we'll talk about it when it happens but then when it happens the emotions are so high and then you pretty much got to get back to business as usual and carry on teaching lessons and you've got exam classes and you've got all of this this pressure to carry on with the teacher, uh, with your teacher. It's, it's a reflection of the society we live in, because I completely agree with you, like, you know, teachers, you know, statistically, as you say, it's going to happen, it's going to happen up and down, you know, the country in, in every school. But 
also the society we live in is not one that wants to have these conversations about grief is not one that you know prepares us in any way as you say death is the only one of the only inevitable things that will happen to everyone cannot deny it like we're both going to die at some point and yet we live in a society in this country where it's like let's just you know compartmentalize it we have a funeral let's be sad go do therapy but actually if you want to bring it to like the open space or you know bring it to the classroom or, or give teachers training and stuff like that it, it's just not as as fluid yeah um, on the Winston Swish website it says you know, one in 29 children will lose a parent well that's pretty much one in every class so and if you think if you're a, a secondary teacher and how many classes you teach and in a school environment bereavement actually because there's so many people there everyone has had somebody that they have lost or that they will lose um we've had students who have died or students who have lost parents or siblings that there's teachers who've experienced bereavement yet we never talk about it ever so i felt when i did uh, i wrote a book about teaching and the book actually was all about these teaching and learning ideas but i felt actually this i need to write about the hardest part of being a teacher is bereavement uh, in different contexts whether it's a child that your teaching has died whether it's you experience a bereavement and then trying to put on a brave face and teach or whether it's supporting a child in your class i've taught children where their parents have committed suicide um or they've had a sibling who, who's died tragically and it's just awful and again i've had this feeling of i want to say or do something but i don't know what to do and then not doing anything can also be hurtful as well did your did your experience at 16 with the loss of your friend prepare you for the loss of bonnie in any way so obviously you were in the reverse situation you know at 16 you were the school child and then when Bonnie passed away, you were you were the teacher in that environment. And, you, you know, you talked about that teacher helping you out and helping you get to which, first of all, I must say, is incredible. Because, you know, when when I was that age, you know, I lost my mum when I was eight. There was nothing like there really there really was nothing. Um, and certainly in the school, you know, I lost my mum on the Saturday. I was in school on Monday. I think I actually presented in assembly. I mean, it was just and no teacher stopped it. I stood up in front of the whole school and read out whatever we were reading out, something about volcanoes, I think. And I was just looking back now as a, as a grown-up, I think every teacher in that room knew my mum had died literally maybe a day and a half before. And yet they were like, let's give him a sheet of paper to read out about volcanoes in front of a couple of hundred children. I mean, it it kind of says it says itself. So going back, yeah, did your experiences at 16 in any way prepare you and give you tools to maybe understand what, what Bonnie's classmates were feeling, what, what the school community was, was going through? Yeah, absolutely. Because as I mentioned, my Nana had died previously and that was so sad. But I felt as somebody, who, as she was older, you almost sort of, it's, it's very different, isn't it? When somebody dies who's elderly, it's still very, very sad. But then when somebody dies and they are your age and you're very young, it's the shock factor. So it wasn't a case of loving James more than my Nana, the fact that I was more upset about James than my Nana because they're just very different. But also the thing is, um, because you see lots of workplaces where they have a policy about funerals and it has to be you know, immediate family member. 
actually there are some friends um, in the school when you're in school you see these people every single day you know there'll be people who saw who grew up with bonnie and were in her lessons were in her class for years and saw her more than other people like in that in that they could more than perhaps a cousin or someone like that so sometimes when they say oh yes but you can't go to a funeral because it's a friend or it's a you know it's not a family member well it it still can be just as or even more devastating because that's why we have to put this like this context around it um, and i remember um in a previous school i worked at asking for a request to go to a funeral. And it was a really close friend of mine, his mother. And there was a lot of debate. Oh, I'm not sure, because she's not a relative of yours. I said, but this is someone I knew and loved my whole life. You know, how can you, how can you stop me from going? And I think I ended up taking it unpaid because it wasn't, and actually this woman who died probably closer than some of my other relatives. So I really did, um, and I think I did speak to the class. I mean, the fact that they saw me crying now, I I don't mind that they, uh, back then I was embarrassed and ashamed and I felt unprofessional. Now I see it very differently that they saw me as a human who has emotions. And you're giving them permission because you're in a position of authority and respect. And by you showing your humanity, you're showing that those people who are developing, you know, their minds and bodies this is okay. You don't need to lock it up. You don't need to compress the grief, the anger, all of that. You can let it out because actually that, as we say, that's what helps, you know, talking about it, crying about it, shouting about it and saying, you know, Bonnie, someone in our community has passed away before her time, of course. And that needs to be spoken about. It really does. And, and I've stayed in touch with a lot of former students and you know, they obviously did not see me as a weak person for crying. They saw me as, this is really sad. She really cared about her. She really cares about her students. And I do. And we talk about teaching all the time about relationships and build these relationships. So when someone that you've built a relationship with dies, then it's going to be really tough. And when I wrote about, um, so my book was Love to Teach and it was all teaching, but I wrote about bereavement. Uh, so many teachers contacted me about that tiny section in the book and said, why don't we talk about this? Why aren't we doing something about it? Why don't we ever have training? And a former teacher of mine, so my history teacher who supported me through my A-levels when I had bereavement counselling, and he was brilliant. He was His name's David Healy. He's amazing. He read the book and he made a, a point. He put a sort of tweet out that said, this is something that will happen to every teacher, yet nothing is done to prepare teachers for it, to support with bereavement. And I actually do think that it should be compulsory training. So we do have compulsory training as teachers with safeguarding issues, how to support, you know, spot issues and neglect and abuse and so on. And rightly so, that is compulsory. I think bereavement training should be compulsory, even if it was once a year, on an inset day and Winston's Wish, who I keep mentioning, and obviously you're very familiar with the bereavement charity, they've got a free online course for teachers and they do Zoom webinars and they do all these things. So there, there are things out there, it's just they're not as well known yet. And I think that's what we just, I want to do is raise the profile and as difficult as this is to just 
like what you're doing, promote a conversation. Amazing. I mean, there's so much I want to ask you about, but let's let's go back a bit. So after the loss of your friend, James, and you said you saw bereavement counselling, which is which is amazing that you had access to that as, as, as a young woman, where what did that do like how did that help your grief what what did it leave unresolved and did what did you carry into your 20s and how did that how did that change your your outlook yeah that was incredible and she was amazing and I I um I felt like I could be completely honest with her because it's very difficult because it's difficult to talk to my friends because I don't want to upset them because that's their friend as well and they're trying to get on with their lives. And um, I just felt with Anna that I could be completely honest and open. And what was interesting, the very first session I went to, I sat down and I burst out crying. And I said, I can't believe I'm crying. I haven't said anything yet. And she said, yeah, but this is bereavement. Can't, you know, This session is all about talking about your friend who's died. So just the thought of it is upsetting. And um, there were things that bothered me. So the last time I saw James, I was running for the train because I had a Saturday job and he tried to talk to me and I was like, not now, <laughs> like, I'm in a rush. And I just sort of just ignored him pretty much. And obviously I had no idea that would be the last time I, I saw him. We don't live life like that. We don't know, but I was guilty. I felt angry at myself. Like, why didn't I just miss the train? Why didn't I stop and chat to James? And I'll never get to talk to him again. And all of these things, um, that I was able to just talk about very openly and honestly with about all these different emotions that I had from anger, sadness, confusion, guilt, um, things I wish I'd said, or, um, or, or when as well somebody dies, and sometimes you might think about the times where you haven't got on and regrets about things like that. And um, just there, there were so many things and she, she listened and she gave advice and, everything just everything that I was feeling it was okay we did some activities actually that I've shared with other teachers one of them was like uh, the outline of a human body and you had to color it in in different colored pencils like red is anger or blue is sadness and she gave me this and she said just color it in and when we colored it in it was like multicolored. yeah and then she said wow and then we talked about each emotion and that was really good because it did just go to show that sadness isn't the only emotion that comes with grief. You know, there are, there are lots of other uh, feelings. So that was really good. Um, but I think I, at one point when, when it ended, I think I had to move on and go to university. I felt like she was my best friend <laughs> and I didn't want to lose her, but <laughs> obviously she was just brilliant at her job. And then ever since then that has showed me there is support out there. And I'm so glad I went and asked for that in my school. I went and said, sir, you know, you said if we were struggling to come to you, well, I'm struggling. I can't concentrate. I don't think I'm going to pass my exams. I need help and I don't know what to do. And I'm really glad I did that because it's so easy not to do that and just try and carry on and battle on. So I think that's the other advice that I always try and give is, you know, there is help there find it look for it reach out for it ask for it that's amazing courage for a 16 year old to turn around to a to an adult and go i'm struggling can i have help i love that i'm like really that's so impressive because like you say don't ask don't get and until 
in our heads, we think, oh, I've got all this going on. But until you open your mouth and say, I'm, you know, sometimes it's not obvious. We, we think it is. But sometimes, you know, those grief and those internal problems can can be really well hidden. Yeah. Yeah, it is an easy task. But with hindsight, I'm looking back. I'm glad I did. Although as a teacher, when Bonnie died, I didn't. I just, that was interesting. I did. I just saw my colleagues around me just getting on with things. And I just thought, okay, I've got to just do this as well. I wish I'd had that courage as an adult to go to my head teacher and say, I'm absolutely devastated. I'm struggling to teach her class with her seat empty. You know, I'm I'm struggling around her classmates. And I didn't, I thought, come on, you know, pull it together, do your job. This is part of the job, which is sort of crazy, really approach to think like that. Um, What, why, why the difference? Yeah, that is really interesting. I think like I, I remember just, I remember feeling, unprofessional um I'm, and which uh, again i look back now yeah it is crazy i and i just not see seeing other teachers i don't know how they was maybe they went home and they were upset i don't know we just didn't talk about it in the staff room or we didn't talk about it to each other i didn't know how anyone else was feeling and i thought why am i crying like this and and i know this is part of my job and this is what i've signed up for this this will happen but actually, it's just this is this is not just part of the job. This is part of life, isn't it? And um, yes, as a sort of a saying about human first, professional second, and this idea of showing emotions. I mean, obviously, there are times as a teacher where you wouldn't want to cry in front of your class. But I think in this context, to say this is very sad and I'm upset, that's certainly not unprofessional. And that's what I think we need to move away from. I do think there is a lot of that, like. That, that teachers feel like they, they just have to put on this brave face and just get on with it. And But then I suppose as well, if, you know, if in that environment after Bonnie had died, there was like group counselling, you were taken, you know, also as well, I think the onus isn't just on the person who's grieving. It's also on the onus and certainly in a school, you've got this community where these things, it's not, it's not random. It happens regularly and you've got the infrastructure there, you know, you've got the the senior leadership and you've got the resources. Why, as you say, it's kind of, why is it not more inbuilt that, right, this happens, the class gets support, the teachers get support, we reach out to the family, because actually school is that, It's in my life, it was kind of like the glue that kept the world spinning, because if I hadn't gone to school, like dad had us out of the house for six, seven hours, Monday to Friday, which allows those kind of him to you know grieve his wife and you know sort out how he's going to be a single parent but also like teachers are so important because you've got these these kids that have had this horrendous thing happen to them trying to to learn and you're not going to learn if someone has died like, you're going to just sit there looking at your, your book blankly so it's it's yeah i mean how, how, how do we and i know you said you've written about it but how how do we make the change is it a case of lobbying the education secretary or you know is that you know to get it unified across across the country yeah well now i'm back in the uk i think i will set up a petition that needs ten thousand signatures and talk to winston's wish because i definitely do think like you said learning won't happen my teaching didn't happen that day when i knew i I couldn't teach i just was i can't remember draw a poster and just get on with it you know i that is not how yeah, 
it really was a case of survival for me get through this lesson and i i don't know how i did that and and actually my class did say to me they kept saying a few times are you okay miss I was like, I've got a headache, so that's why you're just doing this. So we're having quiet time, <laughs> and they were like, okay, because they were lovely. And then the day after, a student said to me, "You knew yesterday, didn't you, Miss?" And I said, "Yes, I did." And I wasn't allowed to say. And she said, "No, we all knew. We knew there was something wrong with you from the moment I sort of walked through that door and taught the lesson, and just said, just get on with this, and just let's be be quiet and." Um, I just wasn't myself and the, the children, of course, they pick up on these things, you know, they, they they pick up on it. And I said, I'm very sorry. I couldn't tell you. We were given instructions and she was like, no, 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 I'm not angry. It's just, I was worried about you, you know, so that, that, that time for me, I don't have answers and solutions in my book. I don't write, this is what you should or shouldn't do. I just wrote about the experience and said, surely there has to be, I mean, one thing I, uh, so I was told at lunchtime, but the majority of the staff were told at the end of the day. Now that is better because you're told at the end of the day and then you can go home. So that's the first thing for teachers is, you know, you don't want to be told sort of first thing in the morning or in the middle of the school day. But I think, although it depends on the circumstances, doesn't it, of what's happened, it's not always possible to do that, to wait until the end of the day. But, and even my friends, a lot of my friends, uh, weren't teachers and we had plans on the weekend um and i said i'm too sad and they were like come on this will take your mind off it and i went out and i just thought they don't get it i'm really sad like it's a student i care about a student and it's it comes back to this idea of course losing a family member is is the worst thing that could happen but the loss of a friend or the loss of a colleague or the loss of someone we teach also could be really sad and devastating as well and we should never belittle that like that happened with me with my friend's mother who said well you're not really that close you you know i don't know if you can go to that funeral so how, how do you know my relationship with this individual yeah, you know? yeah so it's totally it's your it's your relationship it's not an external mm -hmm. and you shouldn't have to prove yeah xyz um how how did you then deal with you know going in that week after bonnie died you know getting yourself back on back, back able to teach and back able to offer those kids a, an education yeah i um i did have some conversations with um my head teacher and she reassured me that she you know i said i'm sorry that i got so upset and she said you know she didn't want me to apologize she knows how much i care about my students and and that she reassured me that she was there for me and um so but that was like that was like the week after i remember having that conversation and then yeah teaching's very busy i just threw myself back into it and carried on as you do uh, i do remember i might have looked on i've always been aware of winston's wish since i was 16. so it's something that i've told other people about and promoted so i might have uh gone on that website but i just yeah just sort of remember just trying my best to to get on with it and but that first few days in the, the in school and the children finding out and everything it was just yeah as you can say this is years ago and i can remember it really really well i think as well like it's a really interesting point that, that you raised kate in terms of this like you know not 
not just relatives grief and you know it's it's, it's actually something i'm learning now because i've always i've not really considered much about what the teachers that had to teach me when i lost my mum maybe were going through and actually just yeah it does does make me think that some of them you know just because you might not know that person i.e that child's mother or parent particularly well that they are human beings as well and and they need support and you know in, in a school where the community is so intertwined with staff and students because of the nature of of it that actually something like that has ripples far beyond the immediate effects and i think it's a really good point actually because it's not something we talk about a lot because normally guests we speak about you know it's normally um parents or siblings and i think it's a, it's an equally important conversation because grief can as you say like you know it goes a lot further than just those immediate connections and it's likely your teachers probably wanted to say something to you wanted to say i'm so sorry or or you don't want to say as well how are you because that feels like such a stupid question because obviously your mother had just died so you don't want to say well how are you or it's just that's why we need this training to to sort of give us a little bit of guidance about maybe some things that we can say how we can approach it because then from the child perspective child be thinking do they not know what i've just been through do they not know yeah. what's happened don't they care doesn't it matter and we, it's all like this in your head isn't yeah. it it's, yeah you're confused anyway your brain is not work functioning as it should do because of all the emotions anyway and yeah there was a, a quote on the winston's wish, winston's wish website that said you know my, my mother had just died and none of my teachers said anything to me or acknowledged it and that really upset this child and I could totally imagine that none of the teachers did say anything because they just thought, like you got up in assembly and spoke and just thought, well, we don't know what to say or do. We'll just act like nothing has happened. Yeah, it was the easiest way, isn't it? Yeah, and then that causes another level of, of upset. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it is difficult in any circumstance to find the right words, but even to just say something along the lines of, I'm thinking of you. Um, you know, if I if there's anything I can do to help, I know I'm not a trained counsellor, but if somebody came to me and said, "Miss, you said you could help me," then maybe I could find somebody else. So now I do have these. I over recent years, I've I have had conversations with students, and I have said, "You know, I'm really sorry for your loss, and if you know, I can recommend some books to read because there actually there were some." Uh, books about grief or I said or websites or you know I can put you in touch with someone and they just sort of even if they just go oh thanks miss you know I think the worry that a teacher has is that a student is in school trying to do their day-to-day -day lessons and then the teacher says something and it starts them off crying but if it does it does because they're in the grieving process absolutely um, having that bravery to do it yeah okay you Going fast forwarding a bit, you obviously have written books about teaching. Um, and I'd love to know how did you how did you get into that in terms of your your from you know being a teacher on the job, how did you go into writing about the job that you were in? Yeah, I've um published six books and I've got more Amazing. away. Yeah, I'm very proud. Uh, so I just started um 
a few years ago. I, I, there's there's a big teacher community on Twitter. We call ourselves. I know this. Yeah, let's tap into that. All these uh, all these teachers. Oh my goodness! Yes, all these teachers use Twitter. <laughs> so I would just take photos of work and tweet it and things like that. And then I started blogging and writing for educational magazines. Uh, and then that obviously just led to sort of getting a bit more interest, getting asked to speak at events. And that led to my first book, Love to Teach, which, as I said, was a teaching and learning book, but I had this sort of chapter at the end about pastoral care. Um, and that was successful that I just sort of carried on going with it. And I've got more books uh, in the pipeline as well. So... <laughs> Would you would you turn that pastoral chapter? Because I know you've talked that you said you've had a lot of people contact you about the bereavement section. Yeah. What if the education minister turned around to you and said, Kate, we want you to write a book on bereavement training for every teacher in the land? To is that something that you that you'd want to do? Would be interesting to do? Yeah. So I'm writing a book um, that I'm co-authoring, and it's uh, be kind, creating a culture of kindness. Um, in schools because that's so important and it's with staff and students and I'm having a bereavement chapter in there so that because I thought when I was thinking about the kindness element about teaching children to be kind to each other but also staff aren't always kind to each other adults aren't always kind to each other. <laughs> and that happens in every job as exactly we all know. <laughs> yeah, yeah you'll probably see it on edu twitter as well <laughs> it could be um yeah about kindness online and then I was ch chatting um, to my co-author, he's a CEO of a trust. And um, um, Dan Morrow and I write in this book, I said, we have to write about bereavement as well, from kindness supporting colleagues who've lost someone to, and actually the more I've been researching this, I was just thinking about this, all these different levels of kind, perhaps supporting someone when a relative or family member has got a terminal illness. That's, that's another level of, you're trying to prepare for bereavement and things like that. Or then I've already sort of mentioned a suicide is a different no, a different type of bereavement again that comes with lots of other emotions. I've worked with adults and children who've lost people through suicide. Or then like the car crash with James, it was so sudden. Or you know, so there's, there's all sorts of this, so it's so complex. So yeah, I actually do think it deserves more than a chapter. I mean, I've gone from writing a paragraph to write in a chapter, but I just don't think at the moment that I'd um, be able to write that book. I'd have to reach out to people like you and to Winston's Wish and to get more, but there, there absolutely should be. There should be that book that teachers can go to um, for advice, for, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly a bit shocked that it's not that it's not out there, like out of all, because I know that, you know, you look at safeguarding and I'm sure, you know, there's training packs on, social media on mobile phone, like stuff that is important, but in comparison to bereavement is not important, you know, like mobile phone policies or all these things that I know are, are embedded now in our, in our education system. Given, and I, for visual context, Kate is wearing a t-shirt <laughs> that obviously you can't all see, um, which is a Winston's Wist t-shirt. And um, that's how Kate, um, we, we reached out to Kate um, because we, we found her on the Winston's Wish website. And Kate, I'd love to know, I mean, you've done so much, but how did you end up, you're teaching, you're writing, and now you've ended up working with Winston's Wish, which for context, I went to Winston's Wish as a child. Um, I spent a weekend there with my sister. Uh, my sister ran the marathon for them. Winston's Wish is how we found the Facebook group, which is where Holly and I met, which created this podcast. 
So Winston's Wish is a special charity for us, but how did you get involved with them and tell us about the work you've done with them? Oh, well, that's lovely. It's special for me as well. Yeah, because it was Winston's Wish who helped me when I was 16. So they've always been there in the sort of background. I've always been very grateful. And um, I've stayed in touch with James's family. Like I said, I used to go visit them. And then when I moved to Abu Dhabi, I'd send flowers and things like that. And something that I know that his mum feels very strongly about is that she doesn't, of course, want anyone to forget her son and, and, her, and her husband. Um, and then maybe was it two years ago, I, I was in a position where I was able to donate some money to charity. I didn't do a marathon or anything like that. Um, I didn't do any money or anything like that. I just wanted to make a, not, not raise money, but make a donation myself. So I donated a thousand pound to Winston's Wish in memory of James. And I had a certificate made that was sent to his family. And it was just sort of a gift for them. But it was also thank you winston's wish like you helped me years ago but i'm so so grateful then i did a webinar like i said i've got all my books um and we've had zoom boom haven't we with covid so um, i did a webinar for teachers and i could give charge for this webinar and then i was able to give another thousand pound to winston's wish so that was really good and i thought i'm going to do more of these webinars like i said i, I can raise money without running a marathon <laughs> that's much easier i mean i should have said that to my sister said you just have to sit on zoom you don't have to do 26 miles it's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um and on social media i'm always retweeting winston's Witch links and if quite a few people had said to me that they didn't know about winston's wish but they knew about it through me just sharing their stuff so i've been in touch with winston's wish for a while with these donations that i'd made and i said i want to be even more involved i want to do more so we had this fantastic zoom meeting where i talked about different ideas of how i said look you've got this free online training course for teachers i've completed why isn't every teacher doing it they should be the only reason they're not is because they don't know about it so i was like i can help i've got you know my audience people my readers of my books on social media i was like i can share this and when i work with schools i can share it with schools so um, and i said i'll keep doing webinars and donating money to winston's wish because what i loved about the donation i made was that they sat down and told me exactly where the money was going to so they said about the two 250 pound well they said they're all different things this is how your money can be spent it makes a difference because this is the other thing with charity is you sometimes the money goes in and, and you don't you know i'm not saying winston's wish for one second is like this but we, you know we've all read the stories of where the money is not going where one would Think it is. Yeah, that was really reassuring um, where it said this amount of money can pay for six months bereavement support for you know a child. And it was great to see where my money was going and what it was doing. And that's so rewarding for me to know that. And it's just, as I said, I'm so grateful to Winston's wish. So that's when we decided about me becoming an ambassador. And I was moving, I knew at this point I was moving back to the UK. So I knew that I could do even more things. I could go to all these teaching events and further raise the profile of Winston's Wish. I mean, they've got a great profile, but perhaps if you haven't experienced a bereavement, you might not have heard of them. It's, you're, you're, but none of the bereavement charities do have, like, you know, if you look at like, and I'm not going to name them, but we know who they are. If you look at you, we would stop someone on the high street and say, right, name me five charities, big charities. And we all know the ones that would be named. 
I've never in that, you know, bereavement charities, they're in these pockets of people where you access it if you need it or someone shares it or maybe doesn't. But actually it doesn't have that. And it's maybe a financial thing because they can't put out mega ads on Channel 4 or whatever. But and I think that's an issue in itself. Why, again, bereavement, we know it affects everyone. Why are these charities like Winter's Wish and others not more in what I call like the Premier League? And maybe it's a financial side, but definitely what you're doing is brilliant. I love that. Just building the profile because it's so important, Kate, because there are loads of people sat there right now grieving wanting to do what you did at 16 and go i need some help but they don't they, they're scared to type it into google they're scared to speak to a teacher they're scared to tell their parent and that needs to change yeah absolutely it really does and you know going to do that online course when you've just found out that somebody has died isn't the right the right time to do that it might help you but that's a sort of almost the mindset that we have is well i'm not going to read about bereavement until that happens but we've been saying this, we know that it will happen. In a school environment, you know, in that start of this academic year, you know, and obviously we've had a pandemic as well. And or even if it can be, you know, um, I've said about James about how, you know, they say time is a healer. I say, you know, time helps, it doesn't heal. You know, it doesn't ever really change the fact that you love and miss someone. So we've got Christmas coming up. And we've, you know, how sad that can be for families as well. So it is one of those things that we just tend to sort of brush under the carpet, bury our heads in the sand and think, I'll deal with it when it happens. And then when something happens, you're so emotionally drained that you perhaps don't want to be reading through a website. So I do think it should be annual training and compulsory training for all. And also, like I said, when I joined the teacher profession day one, I, I went to a school and there was a service for a boy who had drowned. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is heartbreaking. And the teacher had said, yeah, you're going to see this throughout your career. Death in a, in a school context. But then my teacher training year, there was nothing mentioned about it. There was no training. So I was like, well, what do I do? And then when I was in that situation where I had to tell a class that their classmates had died, I couldn't do it. I had to get a colleague to do it for me because I hadn't had any training or guidance or even some sort of script that would have helped in help me to know exactly what to say because sometimes you know don't know well how much can i say how much can i reveal what should i shouldn't i say and this is a key moment in their life they're about to find out somebody their friend their age has died i can't mess this up the pressure so yeah it's just it's it's very bizarre this really when you think about it and talk about it that it's not compulsory. It's not that well known. It absolutely should be. I've taught in, well, five schools in total, including my teacher Emma. There's never been any training. And they're great schools, wonderful schools, but there's never been any mention of bereavement training at all. And out, out of those five schools you've taught in, how many bereavements were you aware of while you were working there? Would you say just around? Oh, my goodness. I can't even say, actually, because double double digits more than that because i mean there's been other students when i trained to be a teacher a student died of cancer and i'd only met him twice i was a trainee teacher um and, and that was just that was terrible as well and then i taught another student and um i was and i taught re for i was an re teacher and one of the things we had to teach was different 
types of services and celebrations and it was weddings and there was a lesson about funerals and there was a boy in the class and his brother had died his brother had drowned and I remember having a chat with him so we're going to talk about funerals this lesson are you like do you want to go to the library are you okay to stay and he stayed and he talked about his brother's funeral and then that same week we had parents evening and I thought oh I'll mention it to his parents and I started crying in parents evening and the parents held my hand and I said oh my god I'm so sorry <laughs> I'm crying and you're holding my hand and they were like no we're glad that he spoke about it we're glad that you you know you didn't just avoid it or you know and and I thought okay I'm I felt really reassured by that and then the fact that I was filling up crying they were they were like that's you know we know you really care about our son so there's all these different contexts of students who have died colleagues that have passed away that I've worked with um students that have had siblings that have had parents die or you know I had another student and his mum was dying it's just this there's too many there's too many to, to even think about um and everyone is unique and everyone is different so there'll never be a training course that gives you all the right answers and ex and there isn't a script you know i said i wish there was a script there isn't a script but there's pointers but there's, 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 yeah, there's little, little nuggets of you know little gold gold nuggets that you can start yes with, you know and that's, i think that's half of it um okay all of the work that you've done going right back to the beginning of the episode with those two bereavements that you said affected you in, in the way they did how has the work you're doing now helped your grief or supported your own grief that, that, that you've been through? Yeah, the work I'm doing with Winston's Wish um, is it, it is very rewarding um, because I get messages from teachers who have felt similar things where they've been devastated and they didn't know. And I had a message recently from a friend of mine um, who isn't a teacher, but she sees me posting about Winston's Wish and um, her husband had died. So she was able to contact Winston's Wish about uh, and have a chat with them about conversations that she can have with her children. You know, and she said, I didn't know about that, but she said, I remember just thinking Kate posts about this a lot. I'll check it out. So just that then made me think, oh, I'm gonna keep going. Cause I sometimes say, oh, my spam in everyone's feed with Winston's Wish, but actually the fact that, Good spam. Yeah, it is. People are seeing it. And then when they needed it, they thought of that. Um, and then as for James, well, I told you know his family that'd be coming on this podcast. I feel like I'm still a really good friend to him by doing all these things, keeping his memory alive, looking after his family, donating money in his name, and then obviously helping other children. It is just something that I feel so strongly about. Most of my teaching books are actually about cognitive psychology and memory and how we learn. And that's where my passion is. But this is where my passion is as well, that people don't always realise. And there's just there's nothing worse for a child to go through than a bereavement. And we work that's our job working with children. So it should just be at the forefront, it should be discussed, there should be support there. We should have at least some guidance instead of feeling like I haven't got a clue, so I'll just not say anything. Like any support, any advice would be better than the current situation, which is it's out there if you look for it, but it's not, you know, it's not as well known as it should be. Kate, okay. 
thank you so much for talking to me this morning, especially fresh off your travels as well. You've spoken so eloquently and, and shared some really great stuff. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And what you're doing as well is absolutely amazing. I've been listening back to episodes and um, I, I will share this with other people. It's just, it's about talking, listening, having that conversation, isn't it? So thank you for everything you do. You've been listening to Got Grief. If you'd like to know more about us, you can follow us on our Instagram page at Got Grief Podcast. A huge thank you to all of our guests and listeners and tune in next time for more Got Grief.